Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. You don't need me to tell you that 2020 has been a year of some really interesting challenges, but I also think that 2020 is also a year of some great opportunities, especially um, for any entrepreneurs. My guest tonight is going to talk to us about speaking as an entrepreneur and how to better get your message across. See, I could barely talk myself, so he's going to help me tonight, too. (laughs) Here is Brendan from Master Talk. Good evening, sir. Good evening, man. Thanks for having me, Leo. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, Like I was saying earlier, we don't normally do a Friday night show, um, but I think it's great that uh, you agreed to do the show so that we could uh, talk about something I think is is very important to everyone, and that is effective communication. Um, As we get started, though, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Happy to. So my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk, which is a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And how I got started, Leo, was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So Mm. while other guys my age were playing football or basketball or baseball, things I never really understood, even to this day, (laughs) I applied the same competitive spirit, but to presentations. So for three years, I presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people, mostly to get a corporate job, not really to start a YouTube channel or anything. But when I started working post-graduation, I realized that a lot of the YouTube content was really bad. You hear advice like, hey, Leo, you should like be yourself. Get up on your Christmas tree and present. I was like, what is this nonsense? What's going on with the underwear thing? Anyways, I started (laughs) making videos in my mother's basement. One thing led to another and the rest was history. And speaking of your YouTube channel, I was perusing it. It looks like you have a lot of content over here. Um, how long have you been at this? So I started Master Talk probably almost two years ago, but I've been coaching for five years. So it's been it's been a hell of a journey. And as you can tell, you know, when you start at the beginning, the the videos aren't so great, but over time it's a process that uh right. it's very fulfilling. So yeah. I know I know that feeling. Uh <laughs> So do you, so can you remember like the exact moment when you decided, well, this is what I'm going to do? Was it because of watching, like you said, seeing some horrible videos or was it a gradual progression? It was definitely a gradual progression, but it was the, as the videos on YouTube, that was the tipping point. But before that, what happened was a lot of the students I was coaching university kept asking me the same question that I never really had a good answer to. The question was, how did you learn how to speak? And I just went, well, 
I'm a broke student like everyone else here. I, I didn't really have money for a speech coach. So I mostly taught myself and I learned by teaching other students how to speak as well. And that was pretty much my training. So when the 20th person asked me that question, I said, I wonder what's out there. And that's what led to watching the other videos and then being like, whoa, I got to do something about this. You know, speaking is always kind of a kind of a scary thing. So when you first started your channel, can you recall any fears or hesitations you had to overcome or? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I started master talk when I was 22, Leo, and I started coaching senior executives when I was 23. So clearly if anyone has imposter syndrome or insecurity, I'm probably the living definition of that. So how did I get over the fear? The, the way that I got out of the fear was by understanding the following, having a belief system is more important than the actual content that you deliver. What do I mean by this? At the end of the day, if you don't believe, if you don't stand for anything, if you don't have a clear value system as to why you're giving the presentation in the first place, the fear will never go away. In fact, the fear will always be there regardless, but the fear won't be countered by your message. Because remember, your fear always needs to lose to the message. Brene Brown's a great example of this. You know, she's an expert in vulnerability, is a world-class speaker, gets paid a lot of money for what she does. She also doesn't like speaking. And she's very upfront about in her first TED Talk that has millions of views. She said, look, I'm a PhD in social work. I don't really want to make videos. I don't want to get up on a stage. So why did she do it anyways? She did it because she realized, like many of us, like me, that she can't keep her knowledge in books and research papers. The single mother who has seven kids doesn't have time to swift through books. So she has a choice to make. And that choice, Leo, is do I just get over the fear and just present something on TED so that it can affect somebody like her? Or do I just leave her out of the picture? She made her choice. I made my choice. And I hope you all make yours. That's uh, I never thought about it like that. But yeah, um, yeah, books are one thing. I love books. I love to read. But yeah, oftentimes you just don't have time to sit there and you can have a video plan. And I don't know if this works for everyone or even you yourself. You can have a video playing. I can have a video playing and I can absorb content, even if I'm not specifically focused on it. So I can absorb a message as it's playing. Well, one thing that um, I've heard from time to time is one of the biggest failures, one of the biggest things that causes entrepreneurs to fail is their inability to effectively, um, you know, communicate their ideas fully. You think that's a fair assessment? Have you heard that before? Absolutely. You know, the, I think the challenge with a lot of business owners, Leo, or people who want to make a difference is the idea the idea is only halfway. It's only half the breakthrough, right? Just because you have a great idea, just because you know exactly what you want to say, only means you're halfway through the journey. The other half is communicating that idea to the world. Because if nobody hears about you, if nobody knows about you, then no one will find you and no one will implement your ideas. And that's the challenge with most people is that they're so caught up in their ideas, they're not spending enough time saying, does Leo actually understand what I'm saying? <laughs> can, he, can he really absorb what I'm saying? Or is it too confusing or too complicated? And it's our job as, those, as the, the messenger of that idea to have dinners, to talk to the people that we seek to change and to use their language back to them. Right. And is this um, 
because I've I watched a couple of your videos and you talk about mastering your message. Is this pretty much what this is, or can you explain that in more detail? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea is simple. The first step is figuring out what idea you want to share. And the way you do that is by asking yourself the following. If I were to summarize my life's work in one or two sentences, what would those sentences be? So for me, you know, I put out a lot of videos, I do a lot of shows, do a lot of coaching, all that stuff. But if I were to summarize my life's work in two sentences, Leo, the two sentences is as follows. Much like leadership, public speaking is not something you're born with. It's something you learn over time. So my life's mission is to convince you of that. And if I do that, then you'll watch the videos, you'll go to Toastmasters, you'll learn the stuff. But if I don't convince you of that, and if I'm wrong, you don't believe me at the end of the show, then my message flops. So you need to find that two-sentence summary of your own ideas and then think about, is that the best way of communicating? Keep testing it until you have it right. And speaking of public speaking, I've people always say um, that it's the number one fear next, uh, followed only by death. I don't, I don't know if I really believe that. Do you think that's true? or? No, I don't think that's true. But but I do have a good understanding or maybe a good idea for people as to why the fear is there. And the reason the fear is there is simple, Leo. Most, sorry, not most, all of the presentations we give are not optional. They're mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Leo, you want to get breakfast and present all day? I don't think there's anyone in the country who says that. I think I'm maybe one of four people who does that. Most people. Yeah, we're. St- I mean, I'm one of them, right? <laughs> well, I, did th- I did this competitively. That's why I'm able to do this. But yeah, you're right. But they're strange. I'm definitely one of them. But that's the thing. Most presentations are not supposed to be fun. We're in a school curriculum where we have to talk about the Renaissance in history class. We're at work where if you don't present well, we don't get promotions. We might even get fired from our job if you don't present well enough. You know, there's a lot of stigma behind presentations. We don't really see it as a fun thing. We see it as a chore like doing the dishes. So the key is to change the perception. How do we shift our mindset from this is a chore to wait a second. This is a way to make a difference. This is a way to make change. This is a way to share an idea in the same way we're communicating with each other now. This is public speaking in many ways. It's a vehicle that we're using to share an idea to someone who might hear it and take advantage of it. So how do you, you know, how do you coach people into getting that chore mindset out of their heads then? Great question. And the answer to your question is another question. And the question is, how would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator? Most of the language behind public speaking is very negative. Death, as you alluded to, fear. Death and fear with the side of ravioli. But anyways, the point I'm driving is that if we start to use empowering language, like how would the world change? And this doesn't mean you need to speak to 50,000 people or have a YouTube channel. It just means, how would your relationships change? People don't get, Leo, that communication is actually everything. It's not really just presentations. It's the way you talk to your family. It's the dinner conversation you have with your friends. It's the deals that you negotiate, the food that you get from the delivery guy. It's every interaction that you have. And the better your interactions become, the better your life will be. So find that reason for you and start practicing tomorrow. I'll tell you, uh, communication, it's a, it's a, 
lack of communication is one of my big pet peeves, <laughs> especially in the workplace. You got to have effective communication. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, I'd like to touch back on that again. Um, inevitably, there will be failures. What advice do you provide to people when they're, you know, if they're faced with failures? Like if they say to you, you know, Brendan, I tried everything and I, I failed. Right. So, so the way I think about this is the way you minimize your failures is by picking the right sport. What do I mean by this? At the end of the day, if you understand yourself well enough, you know exactly which path you should be following so that despite the failures along the way, you can still come out successful. So what I essentially recommend, much like Tony Robbins says, is the following. The quality of your life, Leo, is solely determined by the quality of the questions that you're willing to ask yourself. Questions like, what do I suck at? What can't I do? What are the things in my life that I should never be doing? But also harder ones. What is the truth that you believe in that most people disagree with you on? If you were God, what would you do first and why? And if you die tomorrow, what would your funeral speech say about you? These difficult questions, Leo, lead you to very unique insights about how you should live your life. And once you get to that place, when you play the right sport, you'll probably end up winning. And the same way I knew, I wasn't going to be an NBA superstar. I could work... 18 hours a day shooting those hoops <laughs> and I won't make it. Like I just know, but in the same way that Kobe or all those great basketball players were obsessed with the game, I'm equally obsessed, but with presentations. I'm in an interview at 9, 13 PM on a Friday. I speak, I write my YouTube content three years in advance. So I understand my sport like that sport. So for you who's listening, you need to figure out what is that thing for you? And the easiest way to figure it out is to first figure out what you don't want to do. Do you want to be a plumber? Do you want to be a garbage man? Do you want to be a priest, an accountant? There's nothing wrong with any of these careers. But right. by saying no to those things first, by saying no to the things that you absolutely don't want to do, it's going to be much easier for you to figure out the sports you can actually win in. And then the last step is just com comparing your ability with everyone else to see if you can actually beat everyone else. You slipped something in there, bro. You write YouTube content three years in advance? That's correct. Oh my goodness. You just, wow. I, yeah, that's, that's crazy. How did you get on that? How did you, how do you, I'm just, I, <laughs> my mind is blown. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to expand. You know what? If there's anything I've learned from running a media company with Master Talk, even if I have a coaching business, but it's mostly media, is this idea of how do I think about YouTube on a 10-year frame, right? Most people, when they think about content, they go 10 days, oh, I hope I get something posted tomorrow. They're not really taking their YouTube channels, at least in my sport, very seriously. They're like, how do I make this best possible content in the world? How do I do this? And the issue with communication, Leo, or at least coaching it, is there's not much you can talk about. Like at some, at some point, it's like ums and ahs, filler words, audience mastery, and then what? Then what are you talking about? So that's why I only post once a week. That's one. The other thing is just managing the workflow. If I'm posting once a week for a year, that's 52 videos. And over 10 years, that's 520. Assuming I only post once a week for the next 10 years, which is what I'm going to do. So then from that, that seems like a lot of videos. You're like, man, 520 videos is a lot. But if you actually do the math, 
if you do one YouTube script every single day, you just force yourself for an hour to just write something. Thousand words, it's like seven, eight minutes and you're done. If you force yourself to do that for a year, you'll have written 365 scripts, which is seven years of content. Right? So it's actually not that hard. You just need to be willing to commit two hours, one hour a day writing the stuff. And then over time, you'll gain a lead over your content. And then you'll be like me, which is like three years ahead. I'm trying to actually be 10 years ahead by next year, which is the goal. I am taking notes. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. That's that's incredible. Wow. Well, like I said at the beginning, you know, 2020 has, you know, gave, given some challenges, presented challenges to all of us. And for a lot of people, they've had to bite the bullet. You know, a lot of people aren't used to this, getting in front of the camera or speaking in front of people, especially, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Zoom meetings and, and I've heard people freaking out about it. What, what kind of advice and tips could you offer those people? Absolutely. Happy to share. The way that I think about this is simple. First, understand the impact that you can make on video or on camera. I never want to be a YouTuber, Leo. Never. I want to be a corporate executive of a company. I didn't want to be a, be like those kids running around with their cameras. It didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but what I realized was when my friend approached me one day and he said, do you have time to coach everybody? If everybody in the world waited in line for your coaching, could you coach all of them before you died? The answer, of course is absolutely not. It's just not possible. Right. Which led to the conclusion that the only way to share my ideas, in, especially in my niche, which is communication, I needed to get on video. I needed to guest on shows. I needed to do that. Not really because I wanted to, but because my message needed me to. And that's very different. So first, you need to figure out what that message is. The second thing, is once you figure that out, you want to send it to two, two, three, let's say you make a video, send it to two, three people that you think you know this will help and then have dinner conversations with them and ask them why it helped. Not many content creators do that. And then when you do that, you get insights of saying, hey, Leo, your content is actually really amazing. You know, I never wanted to start a business, never wanted to do this. And then I watched the show you did with Brendan, it really changed my life. Thanks for bringing him on. Like, thanks for facilitating these conversations. Most of us think our ideas are stupid. I'm just being honest. It's just only when you talk to the person that you're helping, you're like, wow, my idea actually isn't stupid. This is actually something I should be doing. And then you become crazy like me and you write everything three years in advance. But I didn't start that way. I mean, I started mass talking my mother's basement. I thought it was the stupidest idea ever. Why would anyone listen to public speaking YouTube videos until sure. I wasn't stupid anymore? And I think that's true. I, I have to agree with you there. And I, I'm the same way. We're, we're all our biggest critics. Uh, my wife had brought that up to me before too. She was like, you, you don't, uh, she's like, just, just do it, you know? And I think sometimes you just need someone to say that to you. Just, just do it. Or like you said, pass your content around, let people tell you. Cause oftentimes what we think is horrible isn't as bad as we make out to be. So pretty much every single time. Yeah, pretty much. But like I said, I, I believe, um, I, when when I looked at 2020 and when things first started and, you know, everything started getting crazy, for some reason, something clicked in my mind. I'm like, I think this is really a year of opportunities for people. Do you see it that way as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the way I think about it is pessimism doesn't pay, Leo. It does not. You just you, even if you're right, even if you're right that it's a terrible year. So what? You don't really get anything out of it. 
you just lose a year of your life. You know, people act like uh, because 2020 is canceled as if you can go to a bank and get a loan back for it. Hey, could you just give me another year to my life? I don't think that's how life works last time I checked. The way I think about it is, okay, I lost 80% of my revenue overnight. All my speaking engagements got canceled. I just woke up blank. Everything was gone. So yeah, did I cry for a couple of days? Absolutely. Like most people lose most of their money. But then after that, I said, okay, how do I recover? So I did three things. I started writing my content years in advance. That's not something I usually did pre-COVID. And obviously, it ended up being a huge blessing to me. Two, I started guesting on shows. I never knew what that was. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> and then three, I tr- I pivoted from a speaking business to a coaching business, and I recovered all my revenue. I actually make more money now than I used to. So that's the point I want to drive for people is how do you turn adversity into a power? Because if you can do that, you're going to be very successful in life because you'll see the benefit, the beauty and everything, and you'll just be a happier person. Right. I agree 100%. And what I've noticed um, over the years, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know, they will tell you, oh, the first five years, everything was horrible. But then they just kept at it because they saw the opportunity. You know, even in adversity, there's opportunity. And like you said, I, I have to agree with you 100%. Pessimism, will it, it just doesn't get you anywhere, even if you're right. Yeah, even if everything is horrible, what good is that doing you? But I say jump on those opportunities as they come up. Right. And, and FYI, for everyone who's listening, life isn't horrible. If you have water to drink, you're already better off than like 70% of people out there in the world. And if you got a kitchen, a bathroom, like people don't really understand. Like you're better off than like 90, 95% of the people. If, you're, if you even have... If you can even listen to this, you have the standard of living to even pay attention on a Friday night to listen to a show like this. You should be blessed. Even if you're bankrupt, you're still winning, which is crazy. Yeah. I have to tell my kids that sometimes, but they're kids. So they don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm so thankful for you to come on and share this this knowledge with us. Uh again, we'll we'll put your YouTube channel back up there. Um for anybody and everyone's listening, you have to go check out Master Talk. Like I said, I've watched quite a few of these leading up to today's show. Appreciate it, man. And I have found a lot of helpful information in here. And I want to thank you for that. And I, you know, I think the world needs more people like you. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, especially with this positive attitude that you have, because sometimes people just have positive attitudes, but they don't have anything to back it up. And I believe that you have a wealth of knowledge and information to back it all up. So thank you, sir, for being a light in the world. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. And you can come back anytime. You got anything, uh, any new events? I mean, I know events are kind of off the books right now, but hopefully that'll, <laughs> that'll turn around soon with these vaccines we got coming out. But anything new people need to look out for you want to plug? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'll leave people with a book recommendation and a life advice. So book recommendation is Thirst by Scott Harrison. If you're somebody who wants to master communication and public speaking, that's the best book I've read on the subject. I think Scott's a masterful storyteller. I think it's a great book for anyone to get this holiday season. And the other thing is life advice, especially if you're 23 minutes in, you're still listening to us on a Friday night. The advice is simple, Leo. Be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, That's totally fine. But if you want to make a difference in the world, if you want to make a big change, the only path forward 
is to be crazy. Don't you find it odd that a 22-year-old kid started a YouTube channel, not on pranks, not on vlogs, but on public speaking communication tips, then went on to coach C-level executives at the age of 23, but still lives in his mother's basement, is literally talking to on the mattress he sleeps on, karaoke's in eight different languages, dances alone in his basement for an hour a day, doesn't own a car, and loves Justin Bieber. How does any of this make any sense at all? And that, my friend, is the point. When every single decision in your life matters to the only person that should matter, which is you, you'll probably be successful. So be insane or be the same. I love it. And I like a couple of Justin Bieber songs too. So there you go. <laughs> Lately, I've been stuck on Billie Eilish, but whatever. That's a different conversation. <laughs> good stuff. I mean, they got a song together. So there you go. There we go. <laughs> well, again, thanks again. Uh, if anyone has any questions for Brendan, I'm sure. Do you have an email address or where can they contact you through? Oh, yeah. You can find everything on Master Talk. Like the YouTube channel has like the emails and everything. So you can get all of that. Awesome. Awesome. And again, we normally do voluntary input every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in live. Uh, you'll be able to catch the regular podcast version of this episode, of course, on Anchor and pretty much every other podcast uh, application from Apple to Google and yada, yada, yada. And thanks a lot for tuning in and come back and join us again. Thanks a lot again, Brendan. Of course, pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, take care, stay safe, and wear your mask. Peace. (laughs) 